This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a good shot. Oh, what a goal. Mike Hennig's foul. Far post for Shearer. Goal. McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection. And a goal. Comes to Mitchell. It's another goal. Incredible. Hobble. Hello, Rob. Hello, Rich. My goodness, things have changed since we last talked. Yeah, lots happened, mate. Lots happened. <laughs> Understatement of the century. So, you know, it's been a busy week for you. You've, you've been doing a lot of talking, um, I must say. You know, I think I'm the last... Um, I thought I thought I was getting some exclusives, but um, <laughs> it turns out that everyone's talked to you this week. Sorry about that. <laughs> Absolutely nothing to apologise for. I'm sure that's a part of the uh, part of the job. So this this sort of Q and A, really, Rob, is um, courtesy of contributors, patrons to the Low Strangers Patreon account. So almost all the questions have come from them. I've put it in as much as of an order as I can, but um, it might go a little bit all over the place depending on the discussion. So are you ready to answer yet more questions? Uh, absolutely ready to answer yet more questions and any questions you throw at me, Rich. Well, Very happy that... to try and answer them as best I can. Well, let's give it a go then. So it's nice and light start, really. Um, how have you found the integration into the football industry? What's your day-to-day and is it ever the same? Um, it's quite different um, to financial services and, and nationwide. Uh, for a start, you know, it's it's not, you know, nationwide since around about March 20, I've been working pretty much virtually as 
as the majority of people at Nationwide, I think, and other financial services firms. So fo- football or football at least and, and working in football in the town is very much not virtual, uh, very face-to-face. It's quite a big difference. The You know, just the stuff that you get in terms of anything and everything from financials to obviously looking and uh, and checking out contract details and the financial costs of players, they meet the embargo, etc. Um, you know, do the you know walking around the stadium, checking if it's working right, and working with the, the maintenance team to make sure that's right. Recognizing you know the the safety side of things, and and have we got everything set up right for the match day on safety and uh, from the safety side, and then you know to to try to make sure that the that we're selling every aspect of the club that we can. So the catering facilities, the hospitality facilities are fully sold out. We've got, you know, sponsors on board, so real drive to make the club as sustainable as possible. It's it's a very full-on job. You know, I've worked, always worked very hard at Nationwide, but, you know, the football industry works, you know, uh, I would say quite a bit harder and, and at a greater pace. Um, but at the same time, it, it, it's great fun. And obviously, I'm in a very privileged position to try and, you know, work on turning around the football club that I, that, that I love and is very much at my heart. Yeah, sure. What's been the biggest challenge for you so far, would you say? It's a good question. The biggest challenge. I think the biggest challenge really has been getting my head head around, if you like, what we'll need to do from a safety side of things, from um, making sure that the stadium from a maintenance perspective is right and correct. That's been that's been a, a, a fairly a fairly big challenge. Um, you know, trying to sort of um, instill, if you like, uh, a focus. And this is very much where Clem focused very much on controlling uh, money out and maximising money in. Um, you know, very much he, he works a, a tight ship and is a prompt player, but making sure that every single penny spent uh, by Swindon Football Club is, it needs to be spent and is spent in the most efficient way. So working with the rest of the team, that we have to, to instill that discipline uh, across the club uh, and with our suppliers has it's been quite a challenge and that will continue. But it's very much about trying to instill really strong financial control and financial acumen. Yeah. In, in terms of, you know, what you, what you inherited, without, you know, you can't go into a huge amount of detail, which I more than appreciate, but the term that was being used a lot you know, especially by fans with skeletons in the closet in terms of what you were bracing yourself um, for, would you say it's worse about right or, or less so? So I, th- I think, I think um, it's probably slightly worse. It's not, you know, a complete nightmare, if you like it, a yeah. lot of it as, as expected. I think the, probably the, 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 the lack of direction uh, that the staff uh, were given and the staff that, uh, that were with us are fantastic people who worked really, really hard and obviously worked unpaid. But I think the lack of direction, lack of procedures and controls has probably been quite surprising, I think, from my perspective and Clem's perspective. Um, I think some of the uh, contractual decisions um, uh, or, or supposed contractual decisions are quite surprising and, and what we were not expecting um as well um and i think you've also got in there some elements we're starting to uncover which which just just don't look great but we'll continue to work those through and take action as a, as appropriate so yeah i would say it's worse than expected is it 
materially worse than expected? Probably not, but but it's definitely worse than expected. But, um, you know, we're, we're working through it and we're making good progress, but there's still lots of work to do off the pitch to, you know, get the club in a much more sustainable position and in a position where we can really invest in the infrastructure at the county ground, training grounds on the academy, et cetera, and, and take the club forward positively. Absolutely. As a fan, Rob, how are you finding the new season? Well, it's... Uh, I am, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, I, I, I'm enjoying the football that, that, that Ben Garner and the team are, are putting on. I'm enjoying seeing great players like Johnny Williams and uh, play for Swindon Town, you know, first sort of like home nation international, current international for quite some time. The other players, I love the energy and the, the, the power of Tyree Simpson. We've got obviously Ben Glabin back as a great skillful player, brilliant midfielder in, in Louis Reed, and, and we've got an amazing goalkeeper in Jojo Wallacott and Great, you know, the great players all over the team from, you know, Kane Kester Hayden to Dion Conroy, the, the, the fantastic players. So I'm really enjoying the football side. I get, you know, um, get a feeling of a, a bit more, probably a bit more pride and, and, and real sort of positive if after a hard works, week's work and a hard day's work on a Saturday when we win the game. Um, obviously, when we don't win, disappointment is still the same as a normal fan. I worry a little bit more that, um, you know, Fans haven't stayed on to drink as much and the takings might be down on Monday morning. <laughs> well, yes, indeed. How, how does, the, I mean, I guess you've kind of answered it in the last part of that answer, but does the new role affect your fandom for Swindon beyond those sort of thinking about like money coming through the till when we don't get a result? Yeah, it does. It does. It, it, I mean, look, it, it doesn't affect my passion and support for the club. But it does mean that when I'm thinking about the club and I'm there on a Saturday, you know, uh, and, and we're there from, you know, around about nine o'clock-ish um, and, you know, leave around about half six, sort of seven. So it's a long day, but you're there first and foremost thinking, right, have we got everything ready and set up for the game? You know, is everything ready from a, you know, a catering uh, and hospitality perspective? Is the safety and the, you know, stadium side going to run itself well? We've got everything we thought and covered. Making sure that we walk around and check that, you know, everyone, you know, of our great sponsors that, that come in and enjoy the game uh, are well looked after. And then obviously looking after the visiting, you know, officials as well that come in from the other clubs and trying to make sure everything's there to, to mean that, you know, the big event starts at three o'clock. Um, you know that that it's all set up and ready to go, and the fans can 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 have a great day. So it does change that to a degree. I do. I'm lucky enough to 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 have a good seat and, and get to see the game most times so far. I've had a call out on a on a few issues to work through at varying parts, but I have managed to see pretty much uh, most of the football so far and enjoy that. Um, but always at the same time, you're sort of wondering and just making sure that everything's right. And messages are coming through from the team, you know, saying, you know, whether there's an issue or not, everything's OK, confirming what the attendance is and checking of the release of that attendance. Um, so you're getting those bits sort of coming coming through. Um, but I still also get the chance to enjoy the to enjoy the football, um, which is which is which is great. That's good. That's good to hear. Um, we are going to drift ever towards Ben Chorley territory now in terms of uh, players. Um, has there ever been a confirmation on the restrictions we're under regarding transfers, wages and contract lengths? And if they haven't already been relaxed, do, do we anticipate when that will happen? 
Yes. So, so we've been under varying embargoes. Uh, obviously, we started and we were under about half a dozen embargoes, which which we the, we got most of them lifted um, in the first few weeks. Um, you know, that required things such as submitting a financial forecast, you know, repayment plan with HMRC, um, paying the, the rent of the council and having an agreement for the season to play football at the county ground. Um, as well as playing, you know, football uh, creditors and agreeing repayment plans with them. So they were done relatively quickly, which meant we could sign players for more than one season. Mm. Um, there is a restriction on on the playing budget, the you know, from the EFL loan of, of a million pounds, which Ben Chorley and Ben Garner have worked well within and signed some quality players um, to do that. Um, that only lasts for one season. Um, and the loan itself, um, which is, you know, just over a million pounds, of which 175,000 is already repaid, um, you know, that is an interest-free loan. So we, we believe that we've got a strong squad and we're being cautious right now as we still go through and identify skeletons in the closet, etc. Uh, and I'll be imprudent financially. We can review things in, in January if, if we need to. Uh, but equally, the the restrictions end at the end of the season and we'll still have another three years or so to repay this interest-free loan. So um, we're not going to repay it right now because we're being financially prudent and trying to build the club sustainably. And, you know, interest-free loan means that, um, you know, isn't something you would race to be the first thing to repay from a financial perspective. But we'll be mindful in January as to where we are and how we're doing. And we'll chat through that with Ben Chorley and Ben Garner before deciding what we do. Uh, we talk to the EFL regularly and they've been very supportive and very positive about the, the new ownership and their guidance is that, you know, be careful. You know, we want football clubs to be run sustainably. Don't rush to pay us back, um, you know, and, and don't forget the restrictions do, do end after one year. Yeah. Um, so it's a balance. We're trying to sort of strike the right balance um, right now. We've got a lot of confidence in the playing squad that we've got and the recruitment that, that, that Ben Chorley and Ben Garner have carried out. You all know only too well that one of the biggest frustrations of supporting a team like Swindon in the lower leagues is, you know, the revolving door of squads. And we're in this situation where the overwhelming majority of squads are going to be close to being out of contract from January. How much is that being thought about at the moment? Because usually we we operate under a manager or owner who is just like, well, we'll review that in April. But Surely with players like Lou Reed and Jojo Wallacott, just to name two, they're people that we're going to want to lock down for longer, aren't we? Well, I mean, I leave the playing side, as you know, to, to Ben Chorley and, and Ben Garner. Yeah. But I do know that, that, that ben, ben Chorley will already be thinking about stuff like that and considering it. He's, uh, but he's, he's, he's got a great eye for talent. He's, he knows his football inside out. He knows the lower leagues really, really well. Uh, and I know he's he's very much forward forward thinking and forward planning. Um, so I don't I don't sort of pry and trying to get involved. I support where I can, and you know we'll, we'll help help and work with um, Ben and Ray Ray Murphy, our club secretary, is very good at his job uh, as well, and, and make sure you know we we stay within the rules that the EFL set out, and we make sure that we stay within the the budget we set ourselves. Um, but I do, I do know that, that, that there's a lot of forward thinking and planning going on. So uh, I, I, I understand the worries, obviously, being a Swindon fan and seeing the issues that you talked about historically over the last few years. Um, but I think, you know, you shouldn't worry too much about those things because um, 
I know uh, Ben's a, a very uh, deep thinker and uh, very good and talented at assessing the, the, the quality of, of, of football players and be that sort of current or perspective. Lovely. Okay, moving slightly away from there. In terms of how you want to contribute to building Swindon Town, what, what clubs are the major influences for what you guys want at Swindon? Is it traditionally smaller clubs like Brighton and Brentford, who you know respectfully are punching well above their weight because they're being well-ran and heavily invested off the pitch? Or are, are there similar small clubs in the Championship that you look out for? I mean, who are the main influences for you guys? Well, I mean, it, it, you've got differing views, I think. I think we, I was chatting to Ben Shorty the, the other day about Brentford um, and what they've managed to do. You know, you've got to remember, we played them in that playoff semi-final um, back at Griffin Park when poor um, Miles Story missed that, that penalty. And, you know, they've gone on, they then sort of sustained themselves in the championship and obviously are now in the, in the Premier League with a new stadium. They've done amazingly well on uh, building, if you like, uh, whether it's an academy or like a, a recruitment sort of plan where they've brought young players through. So I think they are definitely something that, that, that we look at as something that, that would be great to try and em- emulate that journey. Um, you know, and, and but Ben Chorley and I were talking about that the other day after he uh, went to a game up there. Um, so they are a good example. Clem and I have talked about Brighton before and the journey that Brighton have been on, as we all know how close they were to going out of existence and out of the, the Football League. And albeit with a very wealthy owner, they, they have sort of turned that around and have got a great stadium and a performing, you know, um, as Premier League sort of mainstays now. Um, and then I also look at clubs that probably are or a bit more similar in size to Swindon and, and probably uh, only just ahead of us in the journey. Um, and, and clubs like Plymouth Argyle, for example, who, I, who, who have got a good owner for the last two or three years, uh, uh, have progressed quite well as a club, I think, both off the pitch and on the pitch. So they're another um, example that I look at, again, a transparent uh, and open sort of ownership sort of model um, that we look at and, and you know, with interest in some clubs that we can maybe look, try to catch up and overtake in the in the short term and, and others that we look at in more to the interim and long term. And look, Clem, you know, as he said before, goes to many stadiums. Um, he took our head of catering hospitality and our general manager, Matt Waters, who's a, who's a great guy, up to Tottenham the other day um, just to sort of say, look, guys, this is what we need to aspire to. We need to aspire to the, to the best. Now, we may feel, you know, quite a way off that, but this is where we need to aspire and our aspirations are to get to this type of level uh, and we need to we need to think high and then you know we'll we'll move the club forwards at pace something that i think you know i've i've read a lot of times over the years with various different ownerships is that swindon town as an organization didn't really have the greatest reputation within the football industry um have have you experienced that and and is there this notion that you are rebuilding relationships with, with football clubs around the region and beyond? Um, I mean, obviously got limited experience today of the games I've, um, I've, we've been to, um, you know, I've made a, you know, the, I've gone to every, every away game and welcomed every team that has visited the county ground. Um, and obviously Claire has been in the country has done, done the same, um, you know, Zav as well, um, and and others. So we are out there trying to build up that reputation 
make it clear that it's under new ownership that things are are different. And I think we've we've done a good job today. Um, I do. You get the odd sort of wry quip um, from people, um, but not much more than that, really. But we are spreading the word that the Swindon Town is under new ownership, transparent, we're professional, we want to take the club forwards. And I think that message is starting to land. Obviously, we had a, a little bit of a hiccup at, at, at Stevenage, um, which we're still trying to work through um, and getting bills for the costs uh, from there. Um, but otherwise, I think, you know, both from the fans' perspective and the team's perspective and... Um, you know, our own perspective, uh, I think we're trying to show that, you know, Swindon Towns and a new professional ownership that are going to work in a very open, transparent and collaborative manner, uh, you know, throughout the football world. Miscued by Pugh. Now Simpson here. He's forced a little wide by Davis. Simpson hits the shot well. McCurdy follows up. That ought to be it for Swindon. McCurdy makes it 3-1. Ben Garner is jubilant. And as are all the Swindon players, another melee away to the right-hand side. McCurdy with a goal on his debut. Why is Lee Power still listed as a director at the club? Is that true? Uh, he is still. Uh, there is work ongoing to remove him as director. It is not as easy uh, as you might uh, you might think, and I think actually it requires an FA approval stroke rubber stamp to do it. Um, so it's obviously there is no involvement at all from Lee Power, but he is still listed as the director. But work is going on to remove him. It just takes time, and unfortunately costs a little bit of money. But um, work is actively going on to to remove him as director. Thank you. And did you feel yourself any uncertainty about Clem Morfuni's bid for the club, given his links to the previous regime, same applying to Zav Austin? So regardless of what you think now, but in those early days, we, was there any apprehensions? Not, um, not, not in respect of, of Clem, because I'd, I'd known Clem for a number of years, since around about uh, 2017, 2018. We, we, we'd talk regularly, obviously, initially, when we were talking about the joint acquisition alongside Lee Power and, and Clem was driving for openness and transparency and trying to get Lee Power to follow that line. Um, we continued talking, obviously, when when um, Clem and Lee Power sort of fell out over the fact that that um, Clem can see where his money was going and he wasn't getting the shares. Um, and we, we talked regularly. So, so when I got to know Clem, you know, obviously in person, uh, meeting him during games and after games, uh, and also speak to him for, for a, you know, period of, of, of probably a six, 16 months or so over the over the phone during the, the pandemic, at least sort of once or twice a day. So so no concerns from that perspective. And look, um, Clem made, has made it very, very clear uh, to me and, and, and I've met Sav, you know, numerous times now. And we've had deep conversations that we wouldn't be in this position of having our club uh, under new positive uh, transparent ownership if it wasn't for Zav. Firstly, for Zav introducing, you know, Clem to, to the club and and for Zav pointing out to, to Clem the issues that was uh, transpiring under the ownership of, of, of Lee Power. So I think um, the actions that Zav has taken to help us get to this position, you know, we should be thankful of that and should be applauded, um, you know, and and the fact that he's, he's helped us get to the position where, Clem's able to take the club on and 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 remove the the previous regime, you know, should be sort of noted. And and, and I thank him very much for that. Questionable underwear choices, though. 
Yeah, I think they were shorts, to be fair to him, but yeah, it was quite funny. <laughs> uh, um, other other issues surrounding the financial claims from Paul Jewell, John McGrill, Rene Gilmartin and Taylor Curran going to ramble on, so to speak. So are they going to be, is this, is this going to be something that's not going to go away very quickly? As we all know, with with you know legal legal battles, I suspect it will take a little while to to, to work through. Um, we will we will challenge you know where where we think the actions have been taken that aren't in the best interest of the football club, uh, and there might be questionable. Then we will look to we will look to challenge. Um, and you know, as we said, every, every penny spent under Clem's ownership under the, the the new transparent ownership will be money that is spent for the the benefit of the football club. Uh, and spent appropriately um, and that's something that we will do and where we see stuff that's happened historically and we don't think that was right then we will try and challenge it we might not always uh, be successful but we're going to try uh, as best we can and cut the best deal for the football club because um, I said every penny that, that goes in with that penny's coming in from Clem or it's coming in from the fans or sponsors um, then we're going to make sure that every penny is spent wisely. Are you able to disclose what APR Axis are charging on loans to the club? They're not charging any APR on the loans that they've made to the club. Um, there's no interest costs. There's no no interest costs from from Axis. Okay, thank you. You mentioned the issues at Stevenage there. Um, I, I guess this question is is an attempt to myth bust it because in the two away games that have followed Northampton and Bristol Rovers, there have been uh, reduced numbers than what you were used to um, in the away end. Is there any is that related to the Stevenage issues, or are they separate altogether? They, they are related. Um, I, I've sort of had a conversation with my counterpart at Northampton, uh, and he explained that you know. He would have liked to sell the additional tickets to us, but from a, a safety perspective, um, they were advised not to do so. And the cost of additional policing to have the additional fans in would have outweighed their financial benefit of having the additional fans. Um, and I'm sure that additional policing cost and the safety concerns were driven by, uh, partly at least by what happened at Stevenage, because um, there's no historical um, issues that I can ever remember between Swindon and Northampton, uh, other than it being a bit of a nationwide derby. Um, and and at Bristol Rovers, I I I, I think I think it's it's similar. I do think the allocation we've got from Forest Green uh, is back close to the sort of normal levels we've historically had with them, um, which is better. And they'll go on sale tomorrow. Um, so hopefully, this is a short term thing and. After good behaviour from our fans at the games since Stevenage, and hopefully we get more of the same at Rovers. This will be a short-term blip, and we can get back to full allocations and see, you know, the the, the significant travelling away support that we get, which is fantastic. Cheering the team on to to more victories and and good results on the road. Are we confident that the Forest Green Rovers game will go ahead with the international call-ups? I appreciate you're not the football side on this. I, I believe, yeah, so I believe it's still uh, it's still it's still going ahead. Sure. Okay. Um, we move on to miscellaneous questions now. So um, next question here is: Is ten pounds too cheap for nationwide tickets? Do you anticipate that this will turn current season ticket holders back into pay on the day fans? 
Look, it, 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 it might, it might, it might do. Um, obviously, Nationwide have put a, a large amount of, uh, of money up to, to sponsor the, the, the stand and be back on board at, uh, at some town football club, which is great. Uh, part of the large reason for doing it is, is as well as supporting the community uh, of Swindon, is also to give their 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 employees a chance to watch great football at the county ground for for ten pounds, which is which is a great a great deal for their for their staff. Um, that's what they decided to do, and obviously we get the benefit of of of, uh, of good upfront money from their sponsor. Albeit, as you say, we might lose a little bit of money from those uh, staff that would might have come along anyway. Uh, and pay £23. We hope that we gain a number of people that maybe weren't sure that they would come along or want to try the campground for the first time because they're getting a, a great price. Um, but it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's a balance, um, but that's something that Nationwide have decided to do effectively to invest in the football club to give a bit of a, a discount and a benefit to their staff. Yeah. Uh, next question something that we've done previously has the idea of sending packs of say six eight or ten tickets to those who are not locally based being considered um if they were sold at an incentivized um rate at say 20 pounds per match then we suspect that a fair few might purchase those so are you considering those sort of like bundle tickets yes we definitely are we are looking to get those out and available around um, November sort of time, hopefully possibly before if we can. Um, so they're available to buy as Christmas presents or if you like via a, via a Black Friday type of uh, sale uh, type of uh, thing um, that normally happens in November these times when sort of the Christmas buying tends to seem to, to start a fury um, these days. So we're definitely actively looking at that now. Uh, we've got a new head of ticket in um who, who's who's actively looking at those those plans so we expect to announce something in that sort of space uh, in the next few weeks lovely are you are you guys happy with the final season ticket numbers well look, yeah we, we we're just over four thousand four hundred as as you know obviously we, we were hoping to try and get to six we always knew that was a big big push um but being up i think we I worked up about third, you know a third on recent norms i think is really positive and it's good and we thank every one of our season ticket holders who have renewed or, or newly have come on board. It's fantastic and your help is really, really appreciated. So I think it's positive for us. Um, we, uh, of course, we'd, we'd like more and we, we, we hope that uh, more will come on board. And when we make those bundles of tickets available, we hope we get plenty of uh, people taking up those uh, as well, and as well as the people continuing to, to, to come on the day and, and support in numbers. Um, but yeah, we, we always want more, but, you know, we're pretty happy with the number that we that, that we got. Um, it's quite interesting, you know, I was chatting to the Colchester chairman on, on Saturday. He was, you know, very, very good and very open. Um, we we had a, a good a good chat and, and he was talking about that. I think they've got just under a thousand season ticket holders. So you can see that, you know, we we are doing well at this this level, but we are, that I would say we're a big club, you know, and, and we should be, uh, punching those numbers uh, and above, given the size of the town and our catchment area and our, and our history. Uh, we just need to sort of build forwards now and, and take the club onwards and upwards. Absolutely. OK, moving on. Uh, many fans have encountered delays in getting into the ground on time. Lots of big queues lately that seem to be down to barcode issues. Is, is that being reviewed? Yes, it, it is. I think that one of the issues we had earlier on in the games was the fact that obviously with selling season tickets so late, 
season ticket cards hadn't gone out whilst everyone had had, a, had their digital token. Not everybody's comfortable in, in using that. Those cards have all gone out now. Uh, we've had some issues in the um, ticketing software that supports the turnstiles. Um, we we uh, think that it, it didn't work brilliantly for one of the games that we had recently. It worked much better on Saturday. Um, we are continuing to look at that and review it. As you could imagine, with quite a lot of things at the county ground, there's been no investment for many, many years. Um, and one of the challenges we have, as well as the historic debts we find ourselves in, is that we've got a really a creaking stadium that needs, um, you know, investment just to sort of maintain it, let alone make improvements. And the uh, the, the the ticketing systems and the turnstile systems, um, you know, is one of the areas where. Um, you know, it is creaking quite heavily and um, we're putting sticking plasters on. We've got um, we've got to do some work to look about how can we make more permanent improvements. But that takes time and it takes money, uh, as most things tend to do. Um, but it's just one of those areas where, you know, decades of, if you like, neglect and lack of investment mm-hmm. is starting to um, starting to sort of um, uh, sadly bear fruit. Yeah. And something that you mentioned to Sean Hodgetts on uh, BBC Radio Wiltshire over the weekend um, that follows nicely to this question, is the December end of year date that that was given about the ground purchase a realistic one? Well, we think it is. um, And we'll work really hard to to do that. Myself and Clem and and the supporters trust uh, will do that. Um, we, you know, we know that obviously from from a from a council perspective, they have to go through their varying committees, uh, pre cabinet cabinet scrutiny meetings. So um, the the bureaucracy of local government um, might slow us down a bit, but we want to push at pace uh, to make sure that we're doing everything we can from the uh, Swindon Town Football Club perspective and the Supports Trust perspective to get the acquisition of the category county ground done as soon as possible um but it you know it 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 might be proved too challenging but we'd rather push it as fast as we can um than um you know then sort of be wondering and 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 waiting so we will look to set the pace fast and get the acquisition done as quickly as possible lovely a couple more questions to go do you have plans to expand the fan base beyond tickets for schools any plans for the casual fan impulse buyers and indeed teenagers older ones who can go to games themselves who haven't been on town's radar over the years yeah we, yeah and we're open to two ideas uh, from, from from people on this so we're keen to expand the the, the fan base obviously we've we've got the the schools and uh, a youth football initiative working with uh, Trust President uh, Mike Welsh and uh, John and Shane from the Community Foundation are doing a great job working with us on that. We will look at, um, I think, some special games to recognise our local NHS staff, the local armed forces. Um, we are doing some work with the FA and the Community Foundation around local ethnic groups and how we can encourage more of them to, to come to the come to the come to the game. And there are discussions with the Trust about how we how we can work together investing in the Stratton Bank and potentially making that a, an area where we've slightly, um, with the help of the Trust, slightly discounted tickets, we could encourage, as you say, the more casual fans, the more maybe fans that, that, that need a, a little bit more persuasion to come and uh, attend a game and watch the town rather than, you know, sit at, sit at home and, and watch uh, Soccer Saturday or, or um, you know, follow a Premier League team. 
so that's something that, that we're working with the trust on that might take a bit of time given the work that needs to do to improve the Stratton Bank given the neglect that that stand has had uh, over, over many years uh, but we're open to all ideas because but for me you know I want to see a packed county ground I want to see us sort of tapping into so our you know traditional heartlands you know across Wiltshire and uh, I keep on saying into Gloucestershire, Oxfordshire and Berkshire uh, and to be, you know, and as well as Swindon, you know, there are plenty of people in, in Swindon, I'm sure, never been to a Swindon town game. Um, so we really want to drive that hard. So we're really open to ideas about how do we can build up uh, and grow uh, the support base, which will only help the club with its sustainability um, and grow, grow, grow and improve things both on and off the pitch. Sure. And... Are there any plans to hold an open training session for fans to attend like at half term? I've seen clubs do similar in the past with a before development game, for example, so the first team sort of do an open training session and then people can watch like the reserves play, so to speak. Any any plans for anything like that? Yeah, well, I mean, we, 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 we love to do something like that. I think it's given the um, given the fact that obviously our, our pre-season was a little bit different and quite rushed. Um, I know that, that 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 Ben Garner has been working the, the first team hard, double training sessions, etc., to to sort of catch back up and, and focus there. So we'll we'll be considering and working at how we can fit that into into his schedule. But at the same time, you know, we can't disrupt his football coaching and, and the football side of things because we want them more than anything else to be as successful as possible on the pitch. But we will consider and look at that. Um, I'm sure we would have liked to have done it early in the summer if, if, if we could, like it's been done historically. But given the, the position we found ourselves in with the court case taking quite a long period of time, it's not been possible to do it. But we'll continue to look and see what we can do. Obviously, a bit of an issue as well is that the, the training facility is over in Calm um, at Beaversbrook, uh, which is quite a bit of a way from, from the county ground. Um, but we, we will consider because uh, you know I've seen how successful those days have been historically and I know how much children look forward to it and finally what is the thing that you're most proud of so far in your short tenure as CEO I think I'm most most proud if I'm honest of of the, of the staff um, at the county grounds you know the and the way that they they worked so hard in difficult conditions and the way they've responded to terms of your ownership and if you like it and my management you know the the, the efforts they put in um you know and and the the commitment to the cause uh, that makes me the most proud because they they really do work hard of real love and commitment for the club um and i've really you know helped just turn things around so for me that that's that's the thing i'm most proud of lovely rob a pleasure as always thank you thank you very much rich thanks everybody The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy 
or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. Muck delivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.